When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Hulkbrenner's going to launch a three, and it'll go. The assist to Shireman. They dared him, and he buried it. Shireman. Elevator play. Ooh. That feels like a huge bucket. Has been outstanding all tournament long. 7.7 assists already for Creason. Paluma driving and finishing. Top of the hour on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio. Alongside Damon Benning, I'm Andrew Rogers. We are powered by Currency and Creighton Basketball, at least commentating, is powered by Nick Ba. He's on the line with us. Nick, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, that's a good intro. It's good. Hey, we're we're all here to hype you up. I mean, I'm a huge Nick Bot guy. I know DB is oh, too, yeah, and sure. I, I know a lot of people out there are. But man, what a start it's been for this Blue Jay group—a team that came into the season with so much hype trailing them—and man, they've seemed to live up to expectations so far. Yes, absolutely. Especially the the Maui tournament felt like. That was kind of the date that was circled for the start of the season. All the, the games before that were kind of the ramp up. And boy, did they answer the bell, you know, to go out there and to deal with a couple of teams that are really athletic, really try to speed you up, really try to turn you over. And, and let's be honest, it didn't necessarily go great right away. And mm-hmm. they were able to, to navigate those waters. And I love their, their composure, their body language. I've said it. And I heard, I heard a scout, I think it was a New York Knicks scout, say it in the preseason. He said, Creighton may not have the best player in the country, but they have the best starting five in the country. Mm. And if you, if, it's, hard, it's hard to argue that right now. I mean, you just go one through five, and it's hard to go pound for pound and tail of the tape against another five and feel like the other starting five is better. The other starting five might have better individual dudes but a collective five, those guys are, are pretty solid, and I've been really impressed so far. Yeah, i got to take advantage of your, your, your global talents. I want to go to Arizona because the last 14 minutes of that game, efficiency-wise, offensively, they were a juggernaut. And listen, I know Coach Lusk is gone and people wondered about Creighton defensively, but gosh, I feel like I should make that about Arizona and not – Creighton, you know this Arizona team well. You and I talked about them last year in terms of how they could recruit and their versatility and Matern and those guys. This Arizona bunch and what his, he's been able to do since taking over f- for, for Sean Miller, is this Arizona bunch for real for you? Well, what's crazy, Damon, is if you think about it, the, the team you saw beat Creighton, that was basically the same team as last year, plus Ben Matherin, Dalen Terry, and Christian Coloco. <laughs> you know, you're like, I, I then it kind of validated myself because I picked them to win the national championship yep. last year, and I thought they were the best team. Same. And I saw, I, I watch it, and I'm like, yeah, see, this this team was loaded. 
said, see? Tommy Lloyd does, has done an incredible job uh, with that group. And, and I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not worried about Creighton's defense. To me, that was more about, you know, Kirk Kreese is a pretty, a pretty good point guard. Listen, the way Creighton defends, you've you got to have a guy, and, and Ramey knocked down some shots, and Cabellus could as well. They make you take little 10 to 15-foot twos. Yep. That's kind of what they're, they're, they're inviting you into that foul line area where you're, where you're not totally comfortable. But Kirk Kreese and Cabellus and those guys could make those shots and that's kind of what, what Creighton's willing to, to live with. And that's the thing about, you know, pe- pe- when people think of good defense, they think of, they think of like Arkansas or Texas Tech, pressure, uh, denying passes, turning you over. Sure, that's one way to play good defense. Creighton's kind of like just methodically boa constrictors you for 40 minutes in making you uncomfortable with the shots you are taking. They, they kind of lull you into a false sense of like, okay, listen, we're swinging it around the perimeter. We're getting into our actions. It's not necessarily tough to get into our side ball screen or our stagger action. But at the end of the day, they're going to force you into Kalkbrenner, and they're going to force you into a, a tough two. And more often than not, people are have a hard time scoring. They're not comfortable taking those shots. So I, I'm, I'm not worried about, about Creighton's defense right now, and I'm with you. I, I thought Arizona – was lights out in that game, and golly, it's hard. It's it's hard to. Uh, it's like I said, it's hard to imagine that, that was the same team with with three pros on it. Yeah. last year. Hey, you know, not only are you with DB Nick in that case, but I was with you in picking Arizona to win the national championship <laughs> yeah. last year. And uh, boy, was that was that a salty feeling? Watch them uh, get knocked out in the Sweet 16. But even in the second round, too, that was a that was a true sweat. Yeah. Both Texas teams, right? And now they face yep. another Texas team tomorrow, the second-best team in the nation. Do you agree, though, with the ESPN matchup predictor that gives Texas an 80.5% chance to win this game. Are they that good? And uh, will Creighton just have to shoot the ball lights out against this defense in order to win? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know how to quantify or sink my teeth into 80% chance of winning or all those things. I, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I, I think Texas, you know, gun to my head, I'd probably say Texas should be favored. So if you want to quantify that to 80%, I don't know. Uh, you know, because I, I think on paper, they're another team that, that on paper, man, they check every box, especially with the addition of Tyrese Hunter. Gives them another guy that can create. Uh, you know Chris Beard has, is going to have that crew ready to, to defend. Um, they're one of those teams that for 40 minutes against Gonzaga, that looked like the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. But you, when you expand and look at the rest of who they've played, they really haven't played anybody else. So what's hard is I sit there and I go, who do I think is the best team in the country? And there's a part of me that wants to say Texas, but, man, they've only been tested one time. And they answered the bell. I mean, they straight up kicked Gonzaga's you-know-what. And so uh, with the, the thing that I like for Creighton, though, te- against Texas is the way Texas defends, they've seen that twice. They're, it's not like – and I think it took – against a particular Texas Tech, I thought it took Creighton about really almost the whole first half well, I think in that game, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't they, they turned it over like 12 times in the first half and didn't turn it over in the second mm-hmm. half. Like it was almost like a fighter sizing them up for three rounds, and all of a sudden he's like, "Okay, I got this guy's range down. I know what he's doing, and now I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go to work." That's kind of what it was like for Creighton against Texas Tech. And also keep in mind, 
in their close scrimmage, they scrimmaged Iowa State. They defend the same way. So Creighton has seen that no middle, really track you along the baseline, tough pressure defense multiple times that I think is going to suit them well uh, against Texas. I think Creighton's got a great chance to win that game, but I certainly can understand how uh, how on paper you would certainly lean towards favoring the Longhorns. Uh, let me stay with it real quick, even though I, you know I like to spread your basketball talents mm-hmm. around the country, but let me stay with Texas real quick because, just because – you know, watching Maton and obviously Bishop, that's a storyline, year two removed and all of that. But I like the way that Texas, their length and athleticism in the front court, you know, they can switch, the way that they can play ball screens. If you're Coach Mack and you're looking at ways to get Kalkbrenner to be Kalkbrenner, he's going to have some tough matchups with the body types they're throwing at him. What do you think Creighton does offensively to get him those pick and to the rims and pick and pops where he's shown that he can stretch you a little bit too. How do you think Creighton wants to utilize him offensively? Yeah, well I think I think it's it's huge because I remember asking Greg McDermott in the offseason, it might have been in like July, I was like, hey, I was like, Mac, out of curiosity, I'm like, 70, 78, 78, one minute left. Where's the ball going? <laughs> and he was like probably going inside to Big Ryan. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, because think, I mean, you got a lot of options on that team. Mm-hmm. And I thought that rung true. And when when it got to be crunch time, where did the ball go against Arkansas? Like four or five straight possessions. It went inside to Kalkbrenner. So I think when that's kind of like when a huge part of what they want to establish, whether it's the pick and roll or just posting him up. I mean, the guy scores with a really, really high efficiency. So to answer your question, Damon, I think the biggest thing they're going to have to do is side ball screens are going to be hard because I hope this plays well on, on TV. They, they, they're a no-middle team, meaning their, their shoulders are basically going to be parallel to the sideline, and they don't let the ball handler come to the middle of the floor. They're going to force everything to the baseline, and then they flood to the ball handler and trap, and they, and they rotate hard, and they're trying to get steal. So it's hard to get the come-to-the-middle-of-the-floor lobs. So what you have to do is you have to set middle-of-the-floor ball screens so the, there's there's not a way you can necessarily force it or keep it on a side. So I think I think where those ball screen sets are going to be vitally important. You're going to see a lot of middle of the floor lane line ball screens, uh, and then I think also for post up opportunities, the timing of the entry pass has got to be right now. You know, it's not one of those things you can't as you can't salt shake the ball and, and look around a bunch like. When Kalkbrenner gets a seal, the ball's got to be on time, on target, because the ball pressure is going to be hot, and Texas is going to be working and active or to front and move around. And if you saw what they did against Drew Timmy, they came with a lot of late doubles, where if yeah. the ball would go into Timmy, Timmy would maybe peck dribble one or two times, and boom, he would come Marcus Carr or Tyrese Hunter or someone else. And so Kalkbrenner has to understand that a late double could be coming as well. And so he's going to have to make a quick move and be able to feel that. Um, again, the, the good thing is that Creighton's had a long layoff here and a lot of time to get prepared for a lot of these things. And Coach McDermott's good at, at getting those guys ready for that. But I'm with you, DB. Gotta, you have to find a way to get Kalkbrenner the ball because also throwing the ball in the post is a good pressure release. Like if, if they're pressuring the ball and they're denying wing entry passes, that lane gets wide open for a post-up a good way to kind of release some of that and throw it into the big fella. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Carolina guy, mm-hmm. so I, I think Caleb Love and Carr has some love in him. He's streaky, but he shot the ball better. Would you class? Are you convinced or still too early that he's going to be that guy from behind the arc? <laughs> I don't know. He, you're right. He's, you know, at Minnesota, he was a volume scorer. 
You know, like you, if you just looked at the final box score, you're like, oh, Carr had 24, like 22 <laughs> shots. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like He's got some love so, to him. <laughs> yeah, he, there, there's no doubt. That's how Caleb Love was. If you go look at, like, just go look at how many shots he took in the NCAA tournament. It's a lot of 19, 20, 21, 20. I mean, he took a lot of shots down the down the stretch. But that's, I mean, listen, they, they went all the way to the national title game. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm convinced. I mean, I'm a big believer over the course of time you are what your percentages kind of say you are. Um, that's not to say you can't have a day, um, and that's not to say that you, you just let a guy, you know, line one up. But I also think Coach McDermott's pretty big on playing percentages and and historically who you've been. And if they feel like they're, you know, maybe want to live with, uh, with with Carr some tough threes or whatnot, they might be able to do that. But I'm with you. Carr's one of those guys I like. Carr a lot. Good looking dude in person. He's long. He's smooth. I mean, he certainly can score. But efficiency has never been something that I've necessarily kind of attributed him to uh, when, when he plays the game scoring the ball. Hey, we're chatting with Nick Ba, Fox Sports college basketball analyst and Creighton basketball alumnus right now on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio. You can follow Nick Ba at Nick Ba, B-A-H-E. And Nick, being an alumnus, it must be pretty fun commentating and watching this team produce like everyone expected. Someone else that shares that enjoyment, though, and I love witnessing it on TV, is Coach McDermott. And based on conversations you've had with him or what you can pick up on via body language, how much fun do you think he's having right now coaching this team this year? A ton. I, I think he loves this group. I, I really do. I think, I, think it's, it, I think he had a fun time last year with them when they were young and they didn't know any better and they kind of just did whatever they, were, whatever they were told to do. And I bet that's fun. And Damon would know this as a coach. Maybe one of the most rewarding things is watching people take coaching and yeah. then you don't necessarily have to go remind them of this, that, or whatever. So I think he likes that he's seen this group uh, grow and mature into a group that he doesn't necessarily have to coach every single play, where last year he probably he did. Uh, I think he trusts this group. He, they're a really good practice group. Um, I, I know that one of the things that's been a little bit interesting to me is that the uh, – the bench production has not been what I'd expected it to be. I completely be agree. Completely agree. I, it's, Farabello uh, has not shot it well. Sharif Mitchell still uh, doesn't doesn't fully look like he's he's settled in and back to in that rhythm and game flow, which I think sometimes we think is easier to capture than it than it really is. Uh, you know, Frederick King has done well, but he's still young. Uh, and then Mason Miller, he's really the one guy that's been rock solid off the bench. But I think to get back to your question, Andrew, I think one of the things that's been that the coach Mark Dermott has enjoyed, but also has maybe drove him a little bit crazy, is just how competitive practices have been. I think sometimes it gets frustrated, like, man, my, why aren't my starters? You know, they they should be scoring more. They should be getting stops more. And it's like, well, when you got Mitchell, Farabello, Stoltzberg, Mason Miller, and Frederick King in your second five, like those, you're going to have your hands full in in multiple games. I remember, I think it was John Higgins told me that they did it. He refed a closed scrimmage for for Creighton and. The starters versus versus second five. They played twenty minutes, and the score at, at halftime was fifty four to fifty, which is like whoa, you know, that's that's, that's a big time starting five there. But no, go, Coach McDermott, uh, Coach McDermott's really enjoying this group. I think he trusts this group. I think Baylor Shireman has come in, and, and I added a layer and a dimension that that he really likes and trusts as well. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, you know, we always talk about how players can improve. Well, coaches can improve too. Yeah, and I think. Greg McDermott is the best he's ever been as a coach right now. He is at the top of his game, 
And I think it's showing you why with what he did with that group last year and how they've started this year. Hey, let me ask you, since the Big Ten shares you uh, under that Fox umbrella, which I love because you get to double dip, I, they were on the lips of many, and I don't think people saw Hood, Shafinu, and, and, and some of this evolution in the backcourt. How scary is this Indiana bunch, as I watched them annihilate Carolina last night, uh, that front court saucy. They got uh, length. Yeah. Uh, like, what are we talking about with this Indiana team in the Big Ten? If it, What we're talking about is if they get any, Jalen Hood, Shafino, whoever, if they get any – Consistent guard play and, and perimeter shot making, it's a Final Four team. Mm. I mean, th- that front line. Yeah, <laughs> Race Thompson is like a Race Thompson's like an old school nineteen eighties power forward. Just kind of kick your you know what rebound. He plays really well off of Trace Jackson Davis. And I don't know if Damon or Andrew you ever seen Jackson Davis in person. You ever seen him live? No, I, I just I just watch big body type, strong. Oh man, he is. So he is – he blows you away in person. Mm. He's, he's long. He's light on his feet. He's – I mean, he is the real deal in person. And when, when you're talking about a guy that can score, can distribute, when he gets on that right block, so he's looking over his right shoulder with his left hand, and he can pass and he can score, it's, it is about as dangerous as it can get. Uh, he, he can block shots, so can Race Thompson. He's really good defensively. So, I mean, the thing that's there, sometimes but we, we, get all, we get caught up in the three-point shot, and listen, it matters, but sometimes basketball is a game of, like, easy baskets. Like, who gets more easy shots at the rim and who makes it harder for the other team at the rim? Well, every game Indiana plays, they're, they're in a good position to win that battle. They're probably going to get a lot of easy shots at the rim, and you're going to have a really hard time scoring at the rim with, with that front line. So, I'm a huge fan of Trace Jackson Davis, and I think that team showed you last night. They put it all together. Good Lord. Nick, they only have two guys that play more than 18 minutes that shoot under 50% from the floor right now. now I know it's early, but that, that, just, that just speaks to your getting quality shots, even though they don't, outside a cop, they don't light you up from behind the arc. But, man, that's an efficient bunch. Well, I mean, because every – when the ball, you're going to play Trace Jackson one-on-one in the post, you know, like that's not, that's not a good decision. Yeah. But Leaky so Black found that out last night. That's right. You know, like, so that's, that's the thing of why you get these baskets. It's like start with a dude you have to respect and you have to honor, you have to game plan for, and you probably have to send two at. Anytime the ball goes into Trace Jackson Davis, if you don't send two, he's going to score. And if you send two – He's going to find someone diving to the rim, across the floor, and a skip pass. Like, you can get easy baskets, they take away easy baskets, and they have a dude that you have to send probably two defenders at. And when that's the case, you're probably going to find open shots. I saw uh, both Andrew and I saw Coach Hoiberg at uh, the presser uh, for Matt Rule in attendance, and such a class act. And, they, they, they're, they're coming off annihilating FSU, and I'm not sure what happened to Coach Hamilton's bunch in Tallahassee. And they hammered Boston College, who Maine had beat earlier, so I wasn't as surprised. But they, what's the believable meter with Coach Hoiberg and how – you're not going to get that from Kise Tomonaga every night. But how, <laughs> but how they've right. been able to function thus far, especially with Derek Walker coming back. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key thing is with Derek Walker coming back, I think 
this this team really really goes to another level offensively. Just because you know this the Sam Hoy or Sam Hoiberg Sam Greasel is a you know he's a converted point guard. He's a good point guard, but he's a converted one. And then the other the only other ball handler on that team. Notice I didn't say necessarily point guard, but a ball handler mm-hmm. is Bandamel. So they don't really they lack a lot of creators. But Derek Walker being back into the fold, he gives them another another guy that can create offense. Whether it's him scoring to the post, him passing, and they need that bad. Like sometimes without when when they were playing without Walker, you just were kind of looking at it. And, and to me, I was going, if unless you post up Greasel, how are they going to gain an advantage for those dominoes to start falling on a you know draw two kick extra pass whatever like. I'm just they struggle to do that, but Derek Walker gives them another dimension. So I think with Derek Walker, it's it's you know all of a sudden offensively things look a little bit different, and you know, it's just this year's team. You know, last year's team, to put it politely, didn't even come close to the level of competitiveness, toughness, physicality that is needed to even think about winning at a high level. They, they were really, really woefully short in those areas. This just seems different. Mm-hmm. Like, and Coach Hoiberg even told me that before the Pine Bluff game. He was like, listen, I, we're going to have to be a I, – I had it in mind, but we're going to have to be a scrappy, you know, tough-minded group. And that's how they are. You know, Jawan Gary, Blaze Kata, uh Sam Griesel, Vandamel, those guys are like tough dudes. And so defensively, I think they're going to play hard, Damon, like – they're going to play hard. They're going to they're going to do the right thing. I don't think they're necessarily going to have selfish guys or anything like that. Um, you know, it's just it, it'll be interesting to see how much Wilcher and Tominaga can continue to knock down shots uh, because ultimately, you know, it's it's amazing how things look different when you're knocking down those threes. Yeah. But you know, I don't know, David. The, the believability it's it's still this team still has a long ways to go. Uh, but they they play hard. They, they compete on the defensive end of the floor, and Derek Walker makes a huge difference for them offensively. Nick, you were on the call uh, for KU Texas Southern the other day. and Meet uh, me at the rim! And we probably heard something <laughs> like that. But, uh, yes. you know, Texas Southern, of course, n- not a team to, to really boast about, but you did get to watch the defending national champions. Speak to KU this year. Are they a good enough team to pull off a repeat, or uh, are you seeing some holes that still need to be filled with that Jayhawk bunch? I'm still seeing some holes. As much as hopefully Bill Self's not listening to Coffee and Cream right now, but uh, I'm still I'm still I'm still seeing some holes. That uh, they are they're having to play. A part of what Bill Self does is they need to have a big dude in the middle that they can throw the ball into an established inside. Whether it was Azabuki uh, or David McCormick last year, and they don't have that guy right now, guys. They're having to play KJ Adams at the five, who's six foot seven and not a shooter, so they're playing small ball, but they're not reaping the benefits of stretching you out and being able to shoot the three. So, to me, the, they, they need to have one of their freshmen emerge in that post-presence area, which is, I mean, shoot, we're a month into the season, and that thing still is a little bit of a of a work in progress. And then Jalen Wilson has been awesome, though. I mean, there's not too many dudes yeah, he's that have been real playing deal. better than that guy. Oh, my God. He is, he is really taking that next step. Uh, but they're a little bit like, you know, after – they're a little bit like Nebraska in the, in the sense of, like, you know, Grady Dick needs people to create a shot for him right now. Like, Jalen Wilson can create his own offense. Dewan Harris is more of a creator for other guys, but he's not going to go get his. So sometimes offensively they lack, like, a, 
a third guy that can go create offense for himself. Um, so, so that that's a, another hole. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think they got some deficiencies. Bill Self has a way of of, of finding guys, uh, you know, getting them to improve as as the season progresses. And they need one of those young bigs to step up. But that's the big hole inside, guys. They're not, they can't go the whole season playing small ball five KJ Adams and, and think they're going to have a lot of success. You're the man, Nick. Pa, thanks so much. Gavinette up next.